This is Wes Isold from American Nightmare and Cold Cave, and you're listening to The New Scene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The New Scene. We're back. We're back for the second time this week with a very special Furnace Fest bonus recap episode. And I have a wonderful panel. We have returning guest and returning Furnace Fest panel participant, Vadim Tabor. Vadim, say hello. What's up? I thought you were going to call me returning champion. That's what it felt like. Well, no, you're not a returning champion. You're just a champion oh. overall. Oh, thank you, know? you. Wait, hang on. Did I beat Josh now in the amount of podcast appearances? Uh, I'd have to count, but you're definitely neck and neck. This is five for me. I think he might be four. Okay. As long as I'm beating yeah. Josh, I'm a, I'm a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to the show, Vadim. And we have a first-time guest, Nazareth LeMay. Naz, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you here, Naz. To our listeners, I met Naz through Vadim. And Naz, tell the people what you do. Uh, I work in the A&R department of Columbia Records. So I work for the man uh, while I talk about this punk rock underground DIY festival. You know what? I respect that because I do the same thing. I work for the man during the day and I have this underground operation at night. So Naz, you're working in the A&R department for Columbia Records. What do you do exactly? Are you uh, taking bands out to dinners and promising them cars and opening slots on big gigs? What What are you doing exactly? None of that. I'm doing more of the logistical back-end stuff. Lots of, you know, audio editing, studio bookings, all the logistical stuff that the, uh, you know, creative types may not have time for. Ah, I see. What kind of audio editing? Uh, you know, making clean edits and uh, mix show is a is a type of is a format of radio where they need uh, lead time for the DJs to mix songs together. So we make mix show edits, and uh, a guy on my team does mastering, uh, all kinds of strange edits for TikTok and the things like, just general editing of of audio. I love that. So Naz, I have a question for you. How would you feel about editing a weekly? leading underground music podcast every week for free that sounds like uh well since we both work for the man i guess we'll have our people talk to our people sounds good i'm gonna get back to you on that okay perfect (laughs) well listen we're all here today because we went to furnace fest we hung out together we saw many bands together and now we're going to bring you our furnace fest 2022 recap we're going to give you the play-by-play Look, we saw a lot of great bands. We talked to a lot of great people. There was a lot of excitement. All kinds of things happened. Things you wouldn't even believe. And we're going to bring it all to you right now on this special bonus episode of The New Scene. I'm, I'm thinking of more things to say because I really like this music. So I'm just I'm just trying to keep it going. Yeah, drag it out. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm pumped. Yeah. I mean... Everybody is just on the edge of their seats right now, waiting to hear our opinions. And we're going to deliver them right now. Okay, so let's start with the first day of the fest, Friday. Now, here we go. Here's the bands I saw, right? Here's the bands I saw and that I really enjoyed. I'm going to run down the list. One Step Closer, One Step Closer opened the fest. Now, think about how crazy a fest has to be if One Step Closer 
is the first band to play. And I was waiting in line to get into the fest. It took a long time to get the ticket. And I'm like counting down the minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, please let me get in to see One Step Closer. Saw them. They were excellent. The Darling Fire, they just had a new record come out on Iodine Recordings. Really awesome set. Got to meet them in person too. I had Jolie on the show recently. Great band. E-Town Concrete. Naz, Vadim, huh? E-Town Concrete? Missed them. (laughs) I saw some with you. I got a story about that. Yeah, so uh, let's tell that story. Everybody's waiting for them to play Mandibles. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. It's a great song. What did he say, Vadim? So the singer is wearing a FUBU football jersey, which is amazing. And uh, right before the last song, Mandibles, which is the song everybody's waiting for, he goes, all right, this is the best hardcore song ever written. It's what allowed me to buy this jersey. It's called Mandibles. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That was really good. Yeah. Honestly, that song gets me pumped. And I thought this set was awesome. I missed uh, the first couple songs. I I was watching another band or something. And I was like, I'm missing E-Town Concrete. So I ran over and caught that. And to our listeners, you'll be happy to know that I was communicating with Tommy during the set. He's like, please send me a video of Mandibles. And I sent it to him. And I'm like, the singer said this was the best song ever. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So uh, let's see, who else? Drug Church. Drug Church, I wasn't totally familiar with, but I caught them and I dug it. I'm, I'm going to dig into some more of their records. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong is the only band to have played every Furnace Fest. As far as I know, they had a big crowd and they were awesome. So it was awesome to see them again after a long time. Quicksand, definitely one of the highlights. They started the set with newer stuff. And then they closed it out with all manic compression and slip stuff. And I was I was so into it. Like, I, I don't get excited like I did anymore when I was younger. I don't like mosh or sing along or any of that. But I, I was watching Quicksand and just genuinely excited, like talking to Vadim and just being like, it's just hit after hit. And I was like bobbing my head. And it was it was really awesome. And then Naz, you and I went over to see Fiddlehead. We did. And. Yeah, that was really awesome. I had not seen them before. I had only heard them on record, and I'm sold on them after seeing that set. What do you think? Yeah, agree. I I had listened to the records and never, you know, it didn't totally click. I was like, I know I want to like this, and I feel like I should, but it didn't quite click. And uh, seeing them live definitely set me over the edge. So now, now they're going to be in rotation for sure. Yeah, they were great. And I loved all, they just had blue light. I don't know. I just really like that. Whenever I play a set again, I I want to replicate that. I don't know what it is about blue light, but I, I really think it's awesome. They were great. Alexis on Fire. I was over there during their set. I think I was with you, Vadim, and I hadn't seen them since, I don't know, the last This Day Forward show. Really liked what I heard. I, I've never heard the records in full, but I want to check them out. It was really awesome. And a big surprise Newfound Glory. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't kept up with them since like the early 2000s, but holy shit, they blew me away. Like, it was such a good show. And uh, there was a really cool moment where I didn't realize Chad wasn't uh, playing with the band right now. He's recovering from cancer. Uh, The singer mentioned on stage, and they called him up during the set, (laughs) and he answered. And they, they're they holding the phone up to the microphone doing like a FaceTime thing. And he was talking to the crowd. And at one point, Chad was like, 
uh, hey, everybody, thanks for watching these nerds <laughs> <laughs> talking about his own band. And that cracked me up. That was a that was a really nice moment. So that was awesome. They were great. And thrice, thrice, another band I'm not too familiar with for record by record. Like I, I've only heard one of the newer records, which I dig. I think it's called Beggars. But they what, Vadim, what was the record they played? They played the illusion of safety again. I I really dug it. I would like to dig more into their catalog as well. So there you go. That's everything I saw Friday. Vadim, what did you see Friday that you liked? Well, unfortunately, I missed the first half of Friday um, because Poison Well was practicing. Uh, we had we had a, a a rehearsal space booked for a few days leading up to the fest, including that Friday because we were playing on the Saturday. So by the time that we had arrived, it was already like close to 334. So I wanted to see some of the bands you had mentioned. I wanted to see Darling Fire. The, uh, they had also practiced earlier at that same spot. And I, I wanted to see Morning Again and Strung Out and Glass Eater. Those are the bands that I missed. So when I arrived, um, the first band I caught a little bit of was Anti-Flag, um, who were, you know, they were okay. And then I, I made my way over to E-Town, as you mentioned, and that was that was very enjoyable. I'm not particularly an E Town fan, but I've I've seen them you know so many times. They used to play in Jersey all the time. Uh, I've seen them many times, and then unfortunately, Open Hand canceled, and I was very excited to see them. I don't know if either of you guys were excited for that band, but uh, Keith, you were on the tour with This Day Forward when we toured with Open Hand, right? Yeah, I really wanted to see them. I often go back and listen to some of those EP, those first two EPs, and there's a live album they have on Spotify, and I listen to those songs, and it just reminds me of that tour. I was really stoked to see them. I didn't know they canceled until you told me at the fest. Yeah, I think it, they they announced it on the uh, Furnace Fest unofficial Facebook group, which I feel like at this point has become sort of like the official Furnace Fest group. Like everybody posts on there anyway, including the festival organizers, and they do a really good job of that. But yeah, they I think they notified that Open Hand was was canceling, so I stayed and watched a little bit of Integrity, um, watched a little bit of Drug Church, watched a little bit of Norma Jean, just kind of you know like floating a little bit, M- mostly just excited to see people. I kept running into people um, that I haven't seen from the year before. Or just, you know, just friends like and then I talked to the Fairweather guys curious about their show versus the Unearthed Shai Hulud pre-show, which I went to. And then they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, we're about to watch Quicksand. He's like, yeah, let's just watch Quicksand. So I think we all watched Quicksand together, which I feel like the general demographic of that Quicksand set was probably, you know, 35 and, and up. And they were playing the main stage, but unfortunately they were against Stretch Armstrong and then Angel Dust on the small stage. So both both of those bands, I feel like, took quite a significant chunk of the total attendees. And I didn't really feel that Quicksand really had as as many people watching them as as they deserved. It didn't really feel like a packed main stage act. You know what I mean? And their time slot was awesome because that's the that's the it was like the sunset time slot. So like when people are no longer hiding from the sun and uh but overall i thought i thought quicksand did a really great job it was the first time i've seen him with uh steven brodsky playing um with them you know when they were playing as a three-piece i felt it was pretty lacking they definitely need that second guitar and he did a really good job i thought and then uh i watched uh, alexis who are old friends and man they're just so pro they're they're just a really 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 professional band it was kind of like a like watching just like a i don't want to say like blink 182 because you know that's ridiculous to compare them to that but what i mean is 
just like a band that's very professional, just like a band that's so on their stuff, you know, song after song, they got the guitar techs ready for them to give them the songs with the new tunings, wasting no time. Uh, sound was great. So, you know, they've been at it since, since they got back together and they just sounded really great. And Naz and I are actually going to see them tomorrow again with Elliot, who we'll talk about in just a little bit. They're playing, they're playing in LA tomorrow. Alexis is playing that Elliot gig. Well, it's the other way around. Elliot is playing the Alexis gig. I believe Alexis asked Elliot to open a few of their shows because they're fans. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I really love that they can do that because Elliot also played their own club show. They played last night and Naz was there, so he can tell you more about that. They played the Troubadour in LA and then now they, they basically get to do a couple more shows in California opening for Alexis on Fire, but they're still getting to do the entire False Cathedrals album from what I understand, so that's pretty cool. You know, I know Alexis guys... Uh, I like like a lot of good music. I know they were fans of Elliot. Then I watched Newfound Glory. That moment that you talked about, that was definitely a, a, a highlight, you know, just in terms of, of it being like a, a really nice festival moment. It's like one of those things where like, okay, the guitar, you know, some someone in the band couldn't play. He has health issues and then they made him feel inclusive. And also the audience, I think, appreciated that moment really much. I mean, I appreciated it. I thought it was really nice. I'd like to know if that was planned or if that was spontaneous, because it would be really funny if they tried calling him and he just didn't pick up. I, I'm my guess is uh, planned spontaneous. <laughs> there you go, planned. Yeah. And then I watched thrice, and although you know I got into them on Illusion of Safety, I think we had done a bunch of shows back then. Like I said, two thousand one, two thousand two. They stayed at my mom's house when they were touring that album, so I, I re- recall having them sleeping on my mom's floor. But I was just wishing the entire time they were playing later era stuff because I just really believe that they became a much, much better band, even though they were already a good band early on. But I like their later records a lot more, especially the last one, which I know some people disagree with. But I really, really love their album from last year, from from 2021. In fact, I might go as far as to say it's their best record. I really love that album. So I was wishing that they would be playing stuff from there. And then I, I didn't realize they were doing a, a, a full album. And I was like, man, but it's okay. It was still enjoyable. So that was my Friday. All right, Naz, lay it on us. Yeah, the thing I love about Furnace Fest is seeing people in the groups and talking with friends. And it, it's like we can go to the same festival and see completely different bands every day, which I think is kind of an amazing thing. Like we, It's almost like we have separate festivals between us, you know, because there's people I know that went and saw, like, I didn't see any of the bands they saw and they still had this amazing time, but it, it's almost like a, you know, a, a, a different festival than the one I went to. Um, and we, and just like us on this call, we, we went to, we saw some different bands, which I think is pretty cool. But I started with One Step Closer, which I think was a later edition. I think they got added kind of late and that's a tough spot to open, you know, noon, right when, right when everybody's getting there. But I thought they did a really good job. I, I saw them earlier in the year and, um, while well, they're a pretty new band, but I, I do, I really like their record and, um, they're young and, and they, I think they're coming up and, and they're getting better every time I see them. Yeah. You know what I forget? That LP that they just put out, that's their debut. Like I think of them as this established band, but they, they had that first EP, which was explosive and put them on the scene. But that record that just came out as their first, I didn't even remember that until, uh, sometime during that weekend. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like a debut record at all. I mean, it's got, turning point you know guitar you know really melodic guitar parts and stuff that that i really love and um so having them open the the fest was a great start 
after after them i i uh saw morning again in the shed which you know being a longtime vegan straight edge kid i think uh you know morning again was always a big a big one for me and so uh that this was my first time seeing them and i thought they were great pretty small crowd but you know it was it was uh really heavy and and you know for a band that doesn't play much i thought they sounded great i saw some anti-flag you know uh they did a good job. I think it's it's interesting when the band has thirty minute sets and they play a you know they played a big medley of covers and I'm like you've got nine records, you know I, <laughs> I guess maybe they're trying to appeal to some people. You know, Anti Flag was a little bit of a you know oddball for this lineup of heavy hardcore bands and pop punk and emo stuff. So you know maybe they were just trying to appeal to that. But I do find that curious. But you know they played well. Uh, I jumped over to Integrity after that, who was incredible i think um i feel like dwid is just morphing into mike judge more and more every time i see him uh he just looks like mike judge and commands the stage like that and i feel like you know they're sort of the second coming of judge anyway but yeah they were great nice and tight there's a theme here with i think the bands that have been playing for a long time and never stopped tend to do better than the you know, tend to play better than the ones that have just reunited and, you know, practiced a few times. You can tell the bands that have been, that have never stopped and are just, they're so tight. They're so dialed in and the energy is just unparalleled. And, uh, one, one example of that was Madball. I just thought I've seen Madball so many times, but you know, they played after integrity on that stage. And I just feel like the energy that they brought, I mean, they've been a band over 30 years and Freddie Madball can just command the stage. And, that was definitely a highlight of Friday for me. And then I had a lot of, I had a lot of jumping around. Oh, I forgot about drug church, um, drug church, that record they put out last year's or yeah, last year's one of my favorite records of the year. Um, I saw them earlier in the year, saw them at furnace fest. I love that band. The energy that Patrick commands on stage is second to none for a band. That's not really a hardcore band but they've got the hardcore energy i tried to bring as many friends as i could that had not heard drug church and it seemed like everybody was converted we'll see i like that converted to drug church exactly yeah the straight edge (laughs) kid is uh you know converting people to drug church (laughs) so yeah i jumped from integrity to drug church to to madball to quicks to well stretch armstrong because i think quicksand went on late that was a really tough call for me because stretch was big for me so I watched about the first half of their set and then, which was great as always, and then jumped over to quicksand just in time to hear, uh, the manic compression, uh, and slip bangers back to back as you were talking about Keith. Yeah, that's what I did too. Half and half. It was really tough. I didn't want to miss them because I missed them live last year. Uh, so I just did half and half. I did that a lot with, cause there's just so much good stuff going on and I'm completely ADD. So I didn't watch a ton of full sets and I would just bounce around and catch some here, some there, that type of deal. Yeah. It's this, the FOMO is very real when you're there and you know that another band that you love is playing at the same time. It's, it's kind of impossible to not jump around without feeling like you missed something. Uh, after stretch fiddlehead, we mentioned them. I'm a convert. Alexis on fire. The interesting thing was I thought Dallas green had been replaced for a minute. I didn't know if city and color, was doing something and he wasn't there. But as soon as I heard him sing, I knew it was him, but he looks totally different. Big beard, long hair, no glasses, but he sounds amazing. I mean, I back to my point before about people not quitting. I mean, he's been playing shows for what, 20 years straight. Um, and he just sounds incredible. Like 
him specifically, I just, I thought he was amazing. I'm stoked to see them again tomorrow night. Uh, and then, yeah, Newfound Glory. I thought that was a touching moment with Chad as well. Um, and they're just, they've got, they're the pop punk band with the hardcore energy. I mean, they, they've got, you know, hardcore roots and just the way they jump around the stage and, and can whip up the crowd is, is second to none for a band in their genre, I feel like. I mean, people just go nuts for them. I think that's why I liked it so much because they have breakdowns and it was just like super energetic. It was really awesome. Yeah, they're, they're almost like the saves the day of the next generation where it's like hardcore kids like them too. Even though yeah. they're not a hardcore band, well, they played uh, they played a Gorilla Biscuits cover too, which I thought was pretty interesting. Of all you know, of all the covers, and and they th- did, yeah. And it was it's really nice to to have a band that appeals to younger people to sort of show where their roots are and where they came from. So you guys are speaking of them basically being hardcore kids. So exposing these kids to a Gorilla Biscuits cover, maybe they they would get into that band where otherwise, you know, they would be listening to like some 41 or (laughs) whatever, whatever other pop punk. But also I thought it was interesting because they played on the same stage that Walter played on like two bands prior. So I was wondering if Walter got to see the the Gorilla Biscuits cover because that, you know, that's kind of cool. Just like, hey, we're covering this guy, this guy's band that just played a couple sets before us. And then also Martine from Terror was filling in for Chad. I thought we we should mention that because... Uh, you know, he's a good guitarist. He's I saw him also fill in for Buried Alive when Buried Alive did a bunch of shows and I had gone to the California show and he did a really good job filling in for them. So, you know, kind of kind of a versatile fill in uh, guitar guitarist here. Well, not, I shouldn't say just fill in. Obviously, he plays in, in Terror. He's played in a bunch of other bands in California. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Znaz was talking about Newfound Glory. Yeah, no, their their set was great. The Chad moment was touching. And I think I think the crowd loved that too. I mean, Chad's such a beloved, I mean, you know, he's such a arguably the most famous member of the band also. And just, you know, I think there's a lot of love for him and especially from the hardcore kids. I mean, he was a singer of Shai Halud. So um as many others were. Um <laughs> But maybe he's the one favorite. of the first though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was like fifteen. He did record on all the classic albums. Wait, wasn't uh, Damien Moyal on the demo? He, he was. was on the demo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Back to our, you know, th- those those Florida bands, they they have trouble keeping singers. We should have played a game. How many ex-members of Shai Hulud played this festival? Yeah, over or under 50. Look, we only have an hour. We'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last on the list for me is Thrice. And this, yeah, to Vadim's point, this is kind of an oddball record because, you know, they. I think they usually when they do full album plays, they'll do artists in the ambulance, which was like, you know, their major label breakout. Um, but this album was the album before that, which, you know, back in the day, my friend described as pop punk with maiden riffs, which is definitely not what thrice sounds like now. So, and I don't think they play a lot of songs from this live usually. So um, I, I, I imagine some thrice fans might've been confused. And then other ones were probably really excited. I, I saw them on the illusion of safety tour opening for anti-flag, which is kind of funny to think about in retrospect, but yeah, I mean, it was a, di- it's a different thrice. I mean, it's why well, might as well be a different band, but I mean, they played the songs great and um, not a lot of chatter, just they played the album straight through and that was it. So there you go. That's Friday. That, wow. That's only one day. We still have two more days of this to go. And I, there was a, uh, there was a late night gig happening at some bar that I can't remember the name of. Hey, thanks. An iodine band was playing and I wanted to catch them because I really like them. And Watashi Wa? Is it Watashi Wa? Yes, I heard someone at the fest ref- refer to them as Watashi Washington, which I think I like more. Okay, Watashi. Let's say Watashi Washington. 
I felt like such crap by the end of Friday. I think I inhaled too much dust by the main stage, and I had some kind of sinus thing going on. I was convinced I had COVID. So I'm like, let me go back to the hotel. I drank some Alka-Seltzer and took an aspirin and just went to sleep and passed out. And then I felt better by the time I got up Saturday. I didn't get back to the fest till like 2 o'clock Saturday. Saturday was a good day. Saw the Appleseed cast. Really dug it. Have never seen them before. Have not heard the records in full before. But Vadim, I'm still waiting on that Appleseed cast playlist you're going to make. Is that coming? I made it already. Yeah, I've been listening to it. And dude i'm I'm with you and i'm sitting here just waiting i'm sorry i'll send it to you i sent it to ryan luther who's their manager but they they did a really great job i was actually really impressed just like you um i feel like they were doing a lot of really interesting things the whole time like as as, wait a second more importantly so you're saying you made the playlist and sent it to their manager but not me yeah my bad wow isn't that kind of awkward to send it to the manager and say he here's the songs that i think are good well <laughs> it was more i was trying to get out of him if they played other songs that weren't on there because the the set list hadn't gone up live yet on setlist.fm but i i made a set list uh, or i made a playlist of all the songs they've been playing opening for the sunny day tour so i imagine all of them were on that furnace fest set list but that's why i sent it to him it was <laughs> <laughs> in case that sounded weird. Well, send it to me, your friend. Okay, will do. All right. All right. So I'm going to catch up on Appleseed Cast. I'm excited about that. Caught a little bit of misery signals, but the shed stage, was, when the shed stage is packed, there's no way in there to see the band. And it was for them. I caught maybe a song, but I liked what I heard. It was cool. I hadn't seen them before. Pedro the Lion, incredible. Uh, I've never really heard them before. I want to check out that record and dig more into their catalog. Uh, Poison the Well. Hmm. Ah, huh? how about Vadim? that guitar player? <laughs> oh, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. It was crazy. No, it was a really awesome set. One of the most well attended sets. Like people were very excited for Poison the Well, which was awesome. The merch went very quickly. There was a giant crowd. It was a career spanning set, and I heard everything I wanted to hear except the first song off of Opposite of December, which. They never seem to play. Do they not like that song, Vadim? Is that just out of the rotation? Well, we we played it when we did the opposite, uh, the the whole album. Um, yeah, but yeah, gen- generally it's not one of uh, the the jams from that album that that we would you know, normally play. It's a good one. And Elliot, of course, Elliot was one of my favorite moments of the weekend. I couldn't wait to see it. One because I've never seen them before, and two because they've never played False Cathedrals. As you hear it recorded before, you know, as Chris talked about on this show, a couple guys left after it was recorded. New people came in. They changed it up a bit. Unbelievable set. I'll never forget, you know, I'm old and I can't stand through a whole set anymore, especially when I'm at a fest all day. So I watched standing, stood there and watched like half. And then I went and sat down and it was just at sunset and I'm sitting there and the sun is going down and it's peeking through these trees and I'm watching one of my favorite bands on the main stage there and it was an awesome moment that I'll never forget. Awesome, awesome set from Elliot and of course, Sunny Day Real Estate. Now, as I've detailed on this show, I had not seen Sunny Day Real Estate since 2009, that tour. And at Vadim, you were at the show, the Trocadero in Philly. I got really, uh, this is like a common drunk mistake. When you're a drunk, as I was back then, I would buy a bottle of liquor and be like, oh, I'm going to save money by just drinking this one little bottle of liquor that I bought, and I won't drink beer all night. 
So I drank like a whole, I drank like a fifth of vodka or a pint. I don't know. I drank too much vodka, went to the show, don't remember any of it, went to a bar afterwards, got blackout drunk. I don't know how this happened, but I ended up around the corner in an alley and got punched out by somebody. I don't know why. I'm sure I deserved it. I probably mouthed off to the wrong person. Don't remember the show at all. So it was really, 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 really great to see Sunny Day Real Estate not blackout drunk and remember the whole thing. And Vadim, remember when we met uh, William, the drummer backstage for a minute? We're sitting back there in the VIP section. He walks up. He's saying hi to everybody. And he says he introduces himself to me and Vadim. And I said hello and had a little conversation and didn't make too big a fool out of myself. It was nice. But the whole time in my head, I'm thinking, there's one of the best drummers ever. I talked to him a little bit later, too, uh, after our set. And I was just going to come over and just like say hello and just, you know, that I'm a fan and, you know, just just for like a, a literally like a minute. And he kept like keeping the conversation going, kept asking me questions. He's like, hey, why don't you like have a seat? I have a talk. So I ended up talking to him for like 20 minutes and uh, I got to fully nerd out and got some got some details about certain things like what everybody had probably predicted was that they're playing more songs that Nate Mendel like w- didn't play on the records because he didn't play on on the last two records he didn't play on how it feels and rising tide and they were able to do more songs from those records you know because he's not involved so although at first it was a little bit disappointing i think everyone was like oh man it's not the original lineup which they did on the 2009 and 2010 shows but they they didn't play hardly any songs off of those two records Whereas this time it was very much like a full catalog overview, you know, and that only happened because Nate wasn't involved. So like in a way, there's like a silver lining, you know? Yeah, you know, it blew my mind when you said Nate didn't play on those last two records. I never knew that. And those last two records, I would rank at the top, you know, uh, Diary and LP. I don't think I've ever even heard the Pink album all the way through. But I would rank those on the bottom. Like if I'm going to pick my favorite Sunny Day record, it's either How It Feels or The Rising Tide. And I think I... Vadim, who was your friend? That guy from Florida, the the really tall guy who was working... I think he was helping you guys out on stage. Adrian. Adrian Rodriguez. Yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Yeah, he was like dumbfounded that Rising Tide was your favorite sunny day record but he, i he was like i wouldn't argue with that i wouldn't disagree with that it's a it's a you know it's a common argument point between sunny day fans because there's so many sunny day purists that only will go with the original lineup and especially diary because that's the breakout record and you know it's got seven and in circles which were basically like their biggest hits it's got the music videos and whatnot but in my opinion i just think they kept they just kept getting better and better and naz actually made a comment where somebody on the furnace fest message board was talking about like oh so and so is my favorite sunny day album and i think naz wrote something like there's no wrong answer like any any answer is correct and i agree with that yeah put them in any order and i'll agree you know it, it's the, the my favorite sunny day record is the one i'm listening to at the time that's it there you go and and i agree with that i mean they're they're such a great band that literally any one of the four albums can be a favorite, you know, and there's not a lot of bands that you can say that about. I like that. I, I, I can agree with that. Uh, you know what? Let me listen. Let me try to listen to the Pink album all the way through LP2, whatever it's called, and uh, I'll get back to you. All right. Sounds good. I, there was a time where I thought that was my <laughs> least favorite, and then I listened to it and said, no, it's great. Yeah, I've just never sat down and listened to all of it. I don't know why. I, I, I really need to, though, because I love this band so much. I'm like, oh, there's almost like this undiscovered gem that I can just sit down and listen to. It's it's exciting. And they were fantastic live. It was really awesome. So Vadim, 
Give us the scoop Saturday. All right, I'll be quick because this day I was playing. So unfortunately, I had to skip a lot of stuff and, you know, I had to like warm up and get my stuff together and everything. So I saw Apple Seacast with you. We talked about that. And uh, I, I didn't catch Roadside Monument, which I really wanted to. Nas probably did. So he'll probably talk about that. And I saw Cursive was the next band. And Poison the Well had played with Cursive last year. And they were a little messy, but I thought this year they did a, a much better job. I thought that he he had a pretty commanding uh, presence, you know, with with the audience. They were pretty into it, and they had a very strong finale where he basically went behind the drummer and kind of like shoved the drummer off the drum set and sat down and sort of just went crazy on the on the drum set himself to end the set. And I and I thought that was like a you know it was it was an entertaining let's put it that way way to to end the set. I was entertained. Um, Elliot, so. Besides Sunny Day, Elliot was my most look forward to set. And, um, you know, they were doing false cathedrals in full. And I got to say, uh, Keith, I was incredibly disappointed with the set. And I had, you know, I have legit criticisms. It, it, and, and this is difficult to say because I love the band so much, but they had so many issues with sound with the sound uh particularly they have backing tracks that they play to they only have four members on stage so they have some some keyboard and synth tracks and what whatnot like playing through the pa system and the mix was all wrong and then uh i watched part of it from the stage and part of it from the audience because i just wanted to hear if that was an issue in the audience too and guitars were super low there were parts where guitars kept cutting out whether it was chris's guitar or uh jay's guitar I kind of feel like they didn't bring their own sound person, which which is really unfortunate for a band like that, especially if they're playing to backing tracks. Like you really need to have your own sound guy. And I get it. That's like one extra person you have to pay. But it makes a huge difference when you have somebody that knows your band and knows which parts are supposed to be where and how to do a proper mix. And and um, that's not to, to deter me from seeing them, though, because I'm going to go see them tomorrow and I'm still really looking forward to seeing them in a club setting. I think they would translate much better when they have like a proper sound check and it's in it's in like a you know an enclosed area as opposed to outdoors. Maybe they're just not really meant to be an outdoor festival band. So that's that's my take on Elliot and then Pedro the Lion I I watched the whole set. That was another one where I feel like they got really um screwed over with the competition who was playing against them because they were against Blindside, who I know a lot of people were very excited about because they're from Europe. They don't get to play very often. And I think they were also doing an album playthrough. And then Manchester Orchestra, who's, you know, like probably would be more along the lines of what Pedro the Lion fans would be. So all of those at the same time, I feel like just um, took away a lot of audience. They didn't really play to a ton of people, but I thought they were great. I was especially impressed with the guitar player because Bazan was playing bass and the guy he had playing guitar just did a really excellent job. Great tone covered a lot. Didn't, didn't really sound like he made like any mistakes, just played very flawlessly. And there's a lot of unique guitar work going on on that control album. And then sunny day was just unbelievable. I mean, I I'd seen him four times on the reunions in 2009, 2010. And this was the best, like, if I'm being completely honest, this was the best time I've seen them play. They they were unbelievable. Uh, the sound was so full. The fifth member really added, I think, to the sound. It filled it out. It allowed more guitar parts that, that would be on the record that wouldn't translate live from before, especially from those later era albums from Rising Tide and How It Feels. And he also did backups, so the backup vocals sounded good. 
Um, Jeremy Enig, his voice is still at the top of this game. Like the, you know, he's still singing exactly like he was 20 years ago. In fact, better. He's, he's like a more trained singer now over the years. He's continued. Like we've, we've mentioned before, these musicians that keep playing, they're professional musicians. You know, you better learn how to, how to, (laughs) how to be a good musician if you're doing it for this long. But yeah, I mean, Jeremy Enig was so on and their set was great. I loved the selections. And I took some videos, and particularly what made me happy was that they played their new song, uh, Lipton Witch, which came out on the split 7-inch with our friends Circus Survive. And I was thinking of your interview that you had with Brendan on this podcast where, you know, Brendan, Brendan is basically responsible for that song being released. You know, he, he kind of he got that ball rolling. And so here's this new Sunny Day Real Estate song. I say new in quotes because it's been like, eight years probably since it came out but like new you know the last song that they released and and our friend like had to do with that so i, I was like especially proud that that song is out in the world because uh, who knows if we'll ever get the rest of those sunny day songs that they started and never finished i hope they come out and you know what i, I was happy to share that moment with you because i remember when the split came out the song had just come out and i was i was at a party and i was high and drunk and i was playing the song and i was like my friend is responsible for getting this released. He did a split with them. And everyone is like, who is this? Who cares? Just looking at me like I'm crazy. And that was always the case with, you know, trying to like talk to people about good music and they just weren't having it. So to be with you and have you understand, it was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And then playing, of course, I'll just be real quick about it. I mean, the time slot that we had, I thought was probably the best in the entire festival because uh, it was sunset time. So when we had begun, it was like the sun was just getting below the horizon. And and therefore, a lot of the people who were hiding like in the shadows, <laughs> meaning in the shade, they were trying to stay away from the direct sunlight, all moved over to the to the stage. You know, they can actually like stand and not get burnt by the sun. Um, and and it's it was filling in like as I was setting up, I was like, oh, man, there's there's a lot of people because we were all kind of worried you know you never know who's going to watch how many people would be watching your set or whatever but then and then when we had started even more people came and it it was really packed i mean i don't even know if i was expecting that many people to be watching our set but i've heard from multiple people say that we had the most attended set of the festival which is kind of crazy to think about but uh and and that was the only set i've ever played where it started with light you know still with sunlight and then by the end of our set it was already it transitioned into into darkness into nighttime and it was just a really cool thing to experience from the stage like you know like oh it's dark already yeah is that the biggest crowd you've ever played to you know i'm i don't know because i I played um i played some shows with anthrax in japan and i think those were like a four or five thousand capacity venue and they were sold out and then i've also played like that crazy this crazy festival called rock fest in montreal with like all these big bands like blink 182 and jane's addiction and whatever and so i think there was a lot of people there too so i can't say it's kind of hard to tell after like a few thousand people you know like it's just like oh it's like that that concept of when when you talk about how far away uh, different galaxies are if you say they're like oh it's like 10 million light years versus like 10 billion light years like our brains can't even comprehend the distances when it's that great you know they may as well be the same number to us so like it's kind of like a similar thing i was like it just looks like a shit ton of people but i i have i'm really bad with estimating 
exactly how many and if it's the biggest crowd or whatnot but it was it was a really fun set and uh, and uh, i'm really thankful for uh the reaction we got and for the time slot we got and uh yeah it was really fun it was awesome yeah totally awesome naz give it to us saturday saturday um unfortunately i missed advent which i don't know a lot about them but i know they're named after a strong arm song which is a band i love and and i think the singer of advent sang the strong arm cover that further seems forever did last year so i really wanted to see them but i got there a little too late so if anybody saw advent let us know how it was really the first thing roadside monument is a band that i have never fully gotten into but i've i like some of the other bands that they're in and i've always wanted to dive in and i've just never put on a record and and listen they also have a split with frotus which uh is a band i love and and their side of that split is really good too so i i made it my mission this year to be the this is the time that i check out roadside monument so i watched the set from the beginning to end and they were amazing i mean it's like you know very northwest seattle math rock kind of stuff with just you know they're just kind of they're just a very unique band and they they were great and um you know, I think they were surprised by the reaction. <laughs> they were kind of like, wow, like, thanks, you know, uh, you know, because, you know, when bands are away that long and they didn't sell many records back in the day, I don't I don't think they know, you know, they're not sure what to expect when they show up. So, you know, I think they got a really good reaction and and the people that were there to see them were diehards. And I think that that was I mean, I there was a guy with a shirt off that had a giant back piece of the cover of eight hours away from being a man in the front. You know, these guys have diehard fans and um, they were great. I'm, I'm really excited to, I think they've been reissuing their records uh, on vinyl. So I need to pick those up. Uh, Next I saw figure four, which is Andrew from comeback kids band before comeback kid. And uh, again, you know, I don't think they played in a long time, but Andrew has never stopped playing. And I think, you know, his command of the stage and being in the shed last year, I believe Comeback Kid was in the shed and it was just too big for them because, you know, nobody could get anywhere. But seeing figure four in the shed and him pacing the stage and, you know, even he said something like, I I don't know if we're ever going to play again, but this is awesome if this is it, you know. Um, Elliot, I'm going to I'm going to kind of split the difference between you guys because it wasn't disappointing to me. I had never seen Elliot and I love Elliot dearly, but there were definitely some sound issues and I, I really... Uh, I saw them again last night, and, and to Vadim's point, the the club show was much better. They still had some trouble with the backing tracks. There were points where they were way too loud, and even the band realized it. Uh, at Furnace Fest, I know there were some points where I think the backing track was playing through the monitors, but not through the, the main, so the audience couldn't hear it, but the band could. So I don't know how aware they were that there was an issue. Um, my suggestion or my question to them would be, why not just hire an auxiliary player to play keys and second, you know, uh, third guitar once in a while and just clean up all that stuff. So you don't have to deal with the backing tracks. I'm not sure why they didn't do that. Uh, I think that would have probably for both shows made it a, a more seamless transition, but again, they're a band that hasn't played in 20 plus years and had a few practices and played a hometown show. And now they're playing a giant festival. So there's going to be some kinks to work out. I'm not, I'm not mad at him for it. Just seeing Elliot was, you know, something I never thought I'd see. So I was, I was really excited to see them. I saw them again last night. They were amazing. They played, uh, their encore was, it wasn't billed as a, uh, false cathedral show, but they did end up just playing false cathedrals in order. And then they came out and played two, two songs from us songs, which was great. And, uh, yeah, we'll be seeing them again tomorrow night. So maybe, maybe they'll just keep getting better. 
Yeah, you know, I want to check them out. They're playing Warsaw here in Brooklyn. I think I want to go because they didn't get a chance to play Speed of Film at Furnace Fest, and I really wanted to see that song. And so, yeah, so I want to go to the show to see that. And I hear what you're saying, Vadim, about the the sound issues. I definitely picked that up, but I, I, I don't know. I just go by feeling most of the time. So I was able to like look past it and just be like, hey, I'm watching this band that I've never seen before. And there's some issues with the backing track and stuff and whatever, but I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So uh, that's that's kind of where I felt with that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it was sort of just a surreal moment for me that, you know, I was hearing those songs live. So yep. I wasn't too fussed with the sound, but it definitely was better last night. And I, I think, you know, playing outside during the day at a festival is, is, you know, a tough, you know, second or third show back after being away for 20 years. So, oh yeah, there's going to be some issues. Uh, I, I went from Elliot. I had to, I'm uh, sorry for this, Keith, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit happy that I didn't play speed of film. Cause I was, I, I had to leave to go see earth crisis. So uh, that was the song that I was really missing, but I knew, knew, knowing that I was seeing them two more times, it kind of softened the blow a little bit, but you know, another band I've seen, I hitchhiked across the country to see Earth Crisis last show in 2001, uh, Hellfest 2001, which Vadim and This Day Forward were at as well. Were you there, Keith? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you, hicked, you hitchhiked across the country to see their last show. Yes. So it was, um, we hitchhiked to Seattle from uh, San Diego, and then we hopped a freight train from Wenatchee, Washington, which I think is eight hours east of vancouver where the trains originate so they stopped to change crew we hopped on there ended up in illinois in a small town that my grandparents randomly happened to live in spent the night ate real food for the first time in three days and then hitchhiked the rest of the way to syracuse for hellfest 2001 and uh, i took a greyhound home because i was exhausted but it was an incredible that was incredible festival still have my last show earth crisis shirt even though they got back together a couple years later and have never stopped hopping a freight train to an earth crisis show is like is that so on brand yeah <laughs> it's just it's just great like how long were you on the, the freight train for i think the train took about three days it's hard to tell back then no cell phones don't think we had watches you know so you're just kind of a, a friend that was with me had experience on the uh old freight train system so he was able shout out to peter young unfortunately he was uh you know, we went a little off the beaten path. And so he said, I think we should get off now. And when we did, we were in the town that my grandparents lived in. So it worked out really well. What do you do when you have to go to the bathroom? You just go off the train? Yeah. So you you walk up, there's a little platform and you kind of, it's not a box car. You're not indoors. And you, thankfully it didn't rain, but you, you know, you're kind of outdoors and you, you step up on this little platform and you just, you know, I mean, you literally piss in the wind. That's the, you know, that's, <laughs> maybe that's where the phrase comes from. All right. So you saw Earth Crisis? Yeah, I saw Earth Crisis. Took me back to 2001. They were, I mean, another, they're another band that doesn't, that hasn't, you know, they've been playing a lot over the years. They've never, you know, they stopped for a couple of years, but they're really tight. They played one new song and then, you know, it's all the firestorms and the Gamora season ends, uh, your heart could desire and they're solid and great. Um, but I did have to, I, I, as soon as they started playing Firestorm, I knew it was time to run over to Poison the Well because I had to see my boy Vadim. And yeah, the, I mean, we've said it all about, I mean, the, the, the crowd was huge and um, a perfect mix of, of you know, the, the hits and a and, uh, couple of the newer albums and, and just a good, you know, little bit of everything. 
from Poison the Well. And yeah, I thought you guys sounded great. And, um, you know, the, I, I've heard nothing but good things about that set. And I think, yeah, it was, it was, if not the biggest crowd, one of the biggest crowds I saw, uh, during the whole festival. Vadim, your crowd for Poison the Well was bigger than the crowd for Sunny Day Real Estate. Your thoughts? Uh, it's a travesty. Travesty. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe, in a way, I'm happy because I got an intimate set with Sunny Day Real Estate. I actually skipped the show in Brooklyn I had tickets to because it was just too crowded. And it looked like it looked like it would be a nightmare to go there, just this big box of people that I wouldn't be able to break through. And I had such an intimate, wonderful show at Furnace Fest with Sunny Day, and that's great. But I couldn't believe that there wasn't more people there. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I couldn't th- believe it. I I wouldn't say I'm that shocked, only because, first of all, they were last in an all-day festival, so people were probably pretty pretty tired by that point. I mean, the, the last day, we're going to talk about that, you and I were shot, right? Like, we sat down yes. for like half... I think I fell asleep at one point. Also, Sunny Day is definitely more of like an older older crowd band i mean they they were together in 90 93 94 right like diary was 94 their first album so for a lot of younger kids that go to this festival i don't really think that it appeals as much to them as to us which is unfortunate but the you know people are uh, younger younger kids especially are probably more about the now like the current bands the bands that are still playing regularly and that they could go see and i think sunny day was uh like very cool for a lot of people to see that never got to see them but for i would definitely wasn't expecting them to have like the biggest crowd it just i i just knew that wasn't going to be the case knowing the demographic of the festival if it was something like a Lollapalooza or or like a bonnaroo or something you know like i would think that that would be a little bit more their crowd than at this festival. I mean, they even made a joke about them playing a metal festival, right? Not that Furnace is a metal festival, but I think they called it that. They were like... Yeah, they did. And I remember just thinking, no, I'm here for you specifically. Right. And I think maybe part of that joke was because last year, Jeremy Enoch played solo acoustic against Def Heaven. And you can hear Def Heaven like while he's playing acoustic. So maybe that was kind of like a, a joke. But yeah, their their set was just unbelievable. I think all of us that really appreciate it. I mean, there's no way you can come out of that and, and be like they didn't do a good job, right? I mean, they, they killed it. They just did such a great job. It was unbelievable. So Naz, you left off at, I can't remember. Poison the Well, I believe. But um, yes. I, I have never heard Maylene and the Sons of Disaster before, but I know the story of Dallas and he was in a horrific accident and almost died and lost his eye and broke all kinds of things in his body. And this was his first show back. So I watched a song just to see the crowd reaction and it was beautiful to see the crowd, you know, welcome him back. And I, I think this was like a, a comeback story that kind of touched the hearts of everyone there. And I, so I think that was really cool to see, you know, I think it'd been six or so years since, you know, I don't, since maybe five years since the accident, six years, and he had not been on stage since then. And, and a lot of people didn't even know if he would walk again, you know, was having all kinds of issues for long afterwards. So uh, that was, you know, you could kind of feel the the warmth in the room towards him when he came out and just, you know, people losing their minds and so much love for him. So that was, that was really cool to see. Uh, saw Pedro the Lion. I, I've never been a huge Pedro guy, but I'll, I'll agree with Vadim that for a three piece, they sounded really big. I, I, I was shocked at how full of a sound it was for a three piece. And um, yeah, just he played the Control album, which I'm not super familiar with, but you know, he sounded great. They sounded great. And, and that was a really tough 
they were up against Blindside and Manchester. That's that's really tough. But I, I think the people that were there were, you know, maybe on the bright side, the people that were there were, were there for Pedro and 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 were you know really stoked to to hear that record and and to hear it performed so well. Lastly, Sunny Day. What what else is to say? Vadim said it too. The third guitarist was was crucial. I thought it sounded amazing. That's something I kind of wish Elliot would have done instead of having the backing tracks, as I said before. And you know, Jeremy Enoch has never stopped. His voice sounded great. I last saw them in 98, 99 at a record store in San Diego. Um, so this was a completely different experience. And I, I took, you know, I brought two people with me that had never heard Sunny Day before. And, you know, the whole time they're playing, they're whispering in my ear, what album is this off of? What album is this off of? And they were all different albums. Uh, but they were songs that they were impressed with. So, you know, they were, they, they were left confused as to which one to start with. And so I told them, you know, sort of what we were talking about earlier, everyone has a favorite. So you just got to start at the beginning and go through all of them and see which one, which one is yours. Uh, but I, I'm, I, the cool thing too, they're, they're playing different sets every night on their tour. They're playing LA in December. December. So I'm really stoked to see them and, and see, you know, what kind of different songs they throw out. And, you know, even if they played the same set again, I'd be totally happy because they were incredible. Awesome. So we're moving into Sunday now and Vadim only has 24 minutes left. So Vadim, you're going first. Sunday, lay it on us. Cool. Yeah, I'll be quick. Um, I want to just say about Comeback Kit because that's the first band I got to see on Sunday when we arrived. And that band, holy cow, the uh, singer, Andrew, I don't know if I can say this because I don't know that much about a lot of the newer hardcore bands, but I'm going to go ahead and say I think he's the best current hardcore frontman. I mean, ba- based on that set alone, he just knows how to just do everything right. Like he's, he sounds great. He mixes up his voice. He does, a uh, um, he does a lot of like really good crowd interaction type stuff. He moves all the time. You know, if you, if you can get your eyes fixated on, on a singer, uh, he is the guy to do it. Like he, he just knows how to keep your attention the whole time and has like really great positive energy. Um, so they, they were really great. I wish I kind of followed their career more because I love the Wake the Dead album. And I've checked out a few songs here and there, but I never followed uh, their other albums like past past that really. And I'm kind of wishing I, sh- I should have now because I thought they, they did such a great job. Lagwagon, you know, they were Lagwagon. Like I, I grew up on a lot of the, the 90s Epitaph and Fat Wreck bands, like in the mid 90s especially. And Lagwagon was one of my favorites, especially the Double Platinum and Let's Talk About Feelings albums. They played a bunch from that, so I was happy. But, you know, they had a pretty small crowd, uh, which, again, I, I that was not unexpected. And one funny story about them was the the guitar player, he sent out a song to all the people that were sitting in the shade. He's like, this song goes out to all you guys. Like, they were, like, on the side of, uh, against, like, the only shaded area. He's like, because this is where that's exactly where I would be. Those are my people. You guys are my people. And he, he sends out a song to the people in shade. I was like, yeah, right on, man. That sounds about right. Cause they're in their fifties, you know? And, and then strike it, <laughs> strike anywhere was cool to see again. I was a huge fan of that band when they were together. Uh, so I, I caught the majority of their set. And then you Keith messaged me and said, Hey, meet me at the small stage because there's a band that I think you'll like. And I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me wander over. And I'm so glad that I did because I caught Slow Crush, who I was very impressed by live. I thought they were a really great band. They're kind of like a alternative, grungy, uh, 90s-sounding rock band 
with um, some shoegaze tendencies and live. I thought they did a great job. And you know, what, what a time we're living in where it's so easy now to just like, Oh, well, let me check out this band's discography. So since, since then I've just been easily able to listen to all of their releases. Cause I just, I wanted to hear what they were about. And they only have, I think two full lengths in an EP out at this point. So I've, I'd listened to everything now that they've done and then I listened to your interview with them, which was another thing like like in this in this day and age, you can just listen to what a band is all about. Right. You can learn about them right away from primary source right there from from the singer. Uh, so I so I listened to your podcast episode and she you know, she brought up an interesting point about taking criticism and, and being criticized when you're in a band and how a lot of people choose not to read that or but but if you do if you do read it or if you do hear certain things it can like affect you negatively, you know, and, and I totally get that because I've been in that position before, but it's nice to have without being mean to have constructive criticism. And if I can give any kind of constructive criticism to slow crush, it would just be to focus more on their songwriting because live, I thought it was great. But then when I listened to the discography, I thought that a lot of it was kind of samey. You know, like they got the sound. The sound is great. They have the sound completely down. You can have your sound down because you just have like reverbed out, fuzzed out guitar parts and and just loud. And but like, I feel like their next record, they're finally going to like hit what they've what they're trying to do the right way. At least that's like my interpretation, because I truly think from the listening to the discography, they got better and better with each release. The newest release was the best one for sure. Um, and, and I think they're going to be even better if they continue. And they're from Belgium too, which I thought was really cool because they're not an American band like most of these other bands. Um, so thank you for, uh, you know, for exposing me to slow crush that I think they're, they were a cool band. Uh, nothing was all right. Uh, I think, you know, one, and that's, this is another thing cause nothing's kind of like a shoegaze band. I think that with some of these bands, when they're playing super loud, they have the singers have a hard time hearing themselves and that's just the nature of having loud stage volume and playing this kind of music and so when you, what you're doing is sometimes you're just finding what you think is the pitch you know just like what your brain tells you what it is but you're not really hearing the guitars or, and, and the bass and like what the actual notes are and so you're just like a little bit off your hair off and but it's very noticeable to the audience you know when you're a little flat or you're a little sharp or whatever and i feel like nothing could really benefit from the singer getting like in your monitors so you can have a proper mix, you know, cause if you're playing with super loud stage volume, if you're, if your monitors aren't great, if you have, if you don't have your own sound guy, or if you don't have your own monitors guy, like that can really help you with, with singing well, cause I love nothing on record. Um, so that would be my constructive criticism for them. That's also a difficult one, one, two punch because you've got, they, they kind of lumped the sh- the two like shoegaze ish bands together and slow crush was so good that, you know, nothing was the next band on the stage. So it, it's almost like you just saw something that you're, you know, a new band that you're like, Whoa, that was amazing. And then, and you know, a band that I think a lot of, at least you and I, Vadim were familiar with before they came on after and it just, it didn't hit as hard as slow crush did doing a similar thing. Yeah, it really didn't. And it's unfortunate because I love nothing on their records. I think their albums are very strong. Uh, they had like a string of great albums, like all in a row. Um, sick of it all our legacy at this point, you know, I caught like the end of their set They're They're like, I, I call them, they're like basically the rolling stones of hardcore. 
at this point. They're just the legacy band. They're, you know, you're going to go out to see them. They're going to be on that stage until they die. And, and they're great. They're great at it. They're, they're just like, they've been doing it for so long. They just sound perfect. They play well together. They know how to work the crowd. So that was not uh, disappointing at all. I mean, Sick of It All was probably one of my first hardcore shows. I think it's like a rite of passage, or at least it was in the 90s, you know, to go see Sick of It All, to get into a Sick of It All album. So the Sick of It All album that I got into first was the um, Scratch the Surface. And the last two songs they played were from Scratch the Surface. So I was very happy about that. That was that was really cool, especially ending with Step Down. That's kind of like, I guess, like their hit because they had a music video and stuff for that. And then Descendants. So Descendants, unfortunately, also got a pretty difficult spot because they had to play against American Nightmare. And I feel like for younger kids, again, American Nightmare was probably more the draw than Descendants was. Descendants was another older crowd for people like us, <laughs> the the same people that went to see Quicksand on Friday. But Descendants were unbelievable just unbelievable great musicianship um all of the guys still play incredibly well milo had great pitch great set list you know mixed up the old songs as well as the with the new songs and everybody had a really great time that watched them and unfortunately didn't stick around for mastodon even though i am a fan and wanted to see them but we were just so so tired by the end of that third day that i just i just needed (laughs) to go and lay down Yeah, we spent most of the day laying down, and understandably so. It was a long weekend. So, all right, so Sunday. By Sunday, I was tired of music. I was tired of the fest, not having anything to do with the fest itself or the bands, but I'm old. I'm tired. That's the way it goes. Uh, But I went because there was a lot of great bands playing. Uh, Spirit Box, I didn't know. I didn't see them. I heard them. I don't remember what I was doing. I was eating or laying down somewhere or in the iodine tent. I don't remember, but I remember hearing Spirit Box. And I was like, who is this? Oh, I think I was in line for food. And I, and this guy was like, Spirit Box. And I was like, this is really good. So I want to check them out. I really liked what I heard. Koyo, they were incredible. They're one of my favorite newer bands now. And I think the debut LP by them, whenever it comes out this year or next, will be record of the year. They were freaking awesome. So shout out to Koyo. Stick to your guns. I caught a little bit of them. They were really awesome. Again, the singer really knows how to command the stage. Comeback Kid. I'm with Vadim and what he said. I don't know them. I, I haven't listened to their records, but I watched their set and I completely agree with Vadim on... I couldn't stop watching the singer the whole time. He just really knew how to command the stage. People were really into it. I want to dig into their discography. Really enjoyed it. Slow Crush, one of the best moments of the fest, easily. I love the band. I love their discography. Uh, And they played at the perfect time. I was watching them, and the sun was setting, and they had all this smoke rising through the air. And it, it it was just a really, really memorable moment. Loved it. A veil. I caught a little bit of a veil, and I loved that. They've got a dancer. They've got a hype man. Oh yeah, the not hype a lot man. of oh. not a, a lot of groups do that. Mighty Mighty Boston's had one in a veil, and he's still there. I was I was wondering if he was going to be there, and he was. Oh, and during a veil, someone I think someone stage dove and got knocked out. So I'm like sitting there filming them, checking it out, and all of a sudden they stop, and and the crowd clears out, and they're like, "Oh, we got to get some medics in here." And it was a very tense moment, but then they came back and finished out the set with a bang. I really dug it. 
In Flames, I watched one song. I'm not super familiar with them, but I'm like, it's In Flames. I got to watch a little bit. So that was cool. Nothing. Vadim and I were sitting in the grass for nothing. We were just exhausted by that point. But I'm not super familiar with them, but I've seen them a couple times before. And I liked it. I liked what I heard. Sick of it all. Again, I'm not super familiar with them, but I caught the tail end of their set. The only record I've heard is Scratch the Surface. And I did get to hear that song, you know, Scratch the Surface. And that was freaking awesome. It was awesome. I'm glad I got to catch that. And American Nightmare. You know, I recently had Wes on the show, and I don't know if I ever caught them back in the day. So this is a set I definitely wanted to see. It was an awesome, energetic set. I dug it. I really dug it. And then I watched uh, Descendants and Mastodon. I caught a little bit of Descendants I'm not super familiar with. The only album I've heard is Everything Sucks. So I watched a bit of that. I watched a bit of Mastodon, but by then I was just ready. I wanted to go. I was tired. I just wanted to be in the hotel. I had a 6 a.m. flight out of Birmingham, so I had to get to bed early, but uh, made sure to catch a little bit of both of them. uh, And it was good. So that's it. That's Sunday. Naz, tell us about your Sunday. Well, I've got to echo what you guys have both said about Comeback Hit. I mean, I mentioned before, Andrew, during Figure Four, I mean, I think I saw Figure Four back in the day, and he didn't have the command of the stage that he does now. And I think, you know, playing with Comeback Hit all these years and stuff, just he's just on another level. He's He I, he reminds me of Scott Vogel from Terror. Just he's this front man. But, you know, Comeback Kid's more accessible musically, and I think that they, you know, they reach a larger audience because of that. But he's just, yeah, full command of the stage. They played the Shed last year. This year they're playing the main stage, and huge crowd, people going crazy. Uh, after Comeback Kid, yeah, I was getting tired too. So I, I probably took more breaks on Sunday than any other days. But uh, Strike Anywhere is a band I hadn't seen in a really long time. Um, another kind of anti-flagish outlier for this fest, I thought. And I, in the beginning, there was n- nobody there. I felt bad, but people people showed up and, and they put on a great performance. You know, political punk, a little hardcore. And then I was getting texts from. I think you told Vadim to go and then someone else texted me and told me I needed to see Slow Crush too. They were at Slow Crush and said, hey, you got to get over here. So I think that's a testament to how good they were, that people were texting other people at the fest saying, hey, you got to get over here and check this out. And um, they were a band I wasn't familiar with and, and they were great. I thought, you know, it was a very dreamy, you know, but loud and 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 pretty performance. It was, it was something different for the fest, you know, more shoegazy and, um, Really enjoyed that. Uh, one of the definitely the best new discoveries of the fest for me. Um, and then I'm going to go back to, to the shed, which it, it, there's sort of like an old guy fest going on in the shed at this point. So you got Strike Anywhere, <laughs> Avail, Agnostic Front, and Sick of It All. And, you know, Agnostic Front's been a band for 42 years. And, you know, they broke up for short periods of time. But same thing with Sick of It All. I mean, those guys are the pioneers of New York hardcore, and both of them just they play a couple, you know, a couple newer tracks. But, they give the crowd what they want to hear and they command the stage and the songs are perfect and they no bullshit, just straight ahead, New York hardcore. And, you know, both of them were incredible. I, I, I'm going to lump them together because they were both great. They're on, they were on tour together. The tour ended the day before and they both ended up at Furnace Fest and those were the last two shows for them. So, you know, they were amazing. The last set of the day was my saddest because I really wanted to see American Nightmare because I love American Nightmare. Uh, they were supposed to play Chain Reaction uh, years ago. The last time I was going to see them, my wife and I were going 
And right before the babysitter came to pick up our daughter, she threw up all over the place. Oh. And we said, well, and they were, you know, chain reaction only holds 200 people or so. So this was going to be an insane show. We had tickets. And so, you know, our young daughter, I think she was two at the time or one and a half. We had, we, we said, you know what, I guess we're going to have to just eat this one. And we, we didn't get to go. So we didn't get to see him, uh, have seen cold cave a few times who I love as well, but I was really excited to see American nightmare until I saw that they were slotted up against the descendants, which is a band I've loved since I was probably 13 or 14 years old, but have never seen somehow. I don't know how that's possible, but I had to, you know, there usually there's a little lag time between the bands where you can go, okay, I can catch 10 minutes of this, 10 minutes of that. But descendants and American nightmare were basically head to head. So I had to make the tough decision to see the descendants and it was worth it. They were amazing. Um, you know, so tight, so good, such a good mix of songs, clean sheets, probably being the highlight for me. Uh, Milo coming out wearing a holster with a water bottle in it. Just the most uncool thing ever, which automatically becomes so cool because, you know, (laughs) he just couldn't care less about looking cool and just, you know, having a water bottle just around his body the whole time for ease of access, just sealed the deal. But no, they were incredible. As much as I was sad to me to miss American Nightmare, the descendants made it all worth it. And it was a perfect ending to, uh, you know, a great three days. Naz, I think what you said sums it up perfectly. You know, three different people at the fest, three different experiences. And I'm happy that I had this group together because we pretty much covered it all. And that's what I like the most about this fest is that it's so diverse. I mean, you can go to one stage and see a shoegaze band. You can go to another stage and see a legendary New York hardcore band. And then you can go to another stage and see a a legendary punk band like Descendants. I mean, this fest really has it all. And I think they do a really good job of, of trying to not overlap, you know, similar artists. Like they're not going to put sick of it all and agnostic front on at the same time. You know, uh, you can, you know, usually they, you know, you might have a pop punk band, a hardcore band and an emo band at the same time, you know, and it's like, you can't please everybody. Last year, I love Jeremy Enig. I love Deaf Heaven. I was bummed, but I understand why they put an extreme metal band and an acoustic emo guy at the same time. It makes sense. But I think they, the organizers do a great job of that. And I think, um, you know, there's always going to be complications, but, you know, we you figure it out. You, you see a little bit of each and you do what you can. Exactly. So it, it all comes down to this. We're going to talk about our top three bands. I'm so glad the music's back. That we saw the entire weekend and look i'll i'll use any excuse i can to bring this music back i will because i love it and it really adds to the tension and the urgency of the 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 opinions that we are offering today so let's do it top three bands we saw at furnace fest this weekend and i'm gonna start us off number one sunny day real estate i mean nothing beats them honestly i couldn't wait to see it I had been waiting to see them and hear from them again for years and years and years. And I blew it during the 2009 tour. When I saw Jeremy Enoch last year, it was one of the best things I ever saw. And it was the first time I got to see him perform in so long. And just hearing that Sunny Day Real Estate would be performing in full as a band at this fest, I could not wait. It was what I was looking forward to the most. It was a career-spanning set. And it was the best thing I saw by far all weekend. They're legends. They're legends. They're living legends. 
and it was awesome. So that's number one. Number two, Slow Crush. Uh, I discovered the band more recently, but they've really grabbed me. And again, it was a perfect setting, feeling type of thing. I mean, number one, I love the music, and the music is great. But it was just the perfect setting. Uh, sunset, the the smoke billowing through the air, the sun peeking through the tree, and this and the smoke hitting the stage, and they were flawless. They sounded great. They looked great. It was awesome. So I'm putting Slow Crush at number two. And number three, Elliot. Elliot is another set I was really anticipating. I've never seen them before. I was eager to see them perform False Cathedrals. And yes, there were some technical issues, but again, I go by feeling. Uh, when they started playing Drive On To Me, I was getting choked up. I'm th- getting choked up a little bit now thinking about it and just sitting there again at sunset watching one of my favorite bands was awesome. And I got to speak to Chris for a minute and he was just genuinely such a nice person uh, talking about you know them leading up to the show and just uh, figuring things out and really awesome. So there you go. There's my top three. So Vadim, give us your top three. All right. Well, Sunny Day Real Estate, number one, without a doubt. Um, and then Descendants, number two, and then Pedro the Lion, number three, for me personally. Nice. Naz, give us your top three. Well, this is you're gonna this is gonna be a little repetitive here, but Sunny Day's gotta be number one. I mean, I haven't seen him since ninety-eight. I've seen Jeremy Enig uh quite a few times. I, I was out of town when uh Sunny Day played Southern California in two thousand nine and I was devastated to miss it. Um, but I got my redemption. I thought they were amazing. Uh, they sounded so good. And, and as I said before, I had two, uh, non sunny day fans with me and both of them just kept saying, wow, they were that good. So I'm very excited to see them again in December and, and they were my number one and they lived up to that. And they are in my num they were my number one band after seeing them as well. Uh, number two for me would be, uh, the descendants, a, a band I've loved for so long and never had a chance to see. And, just hearing those songs and and singing along and and having being around a ton of people around me singing along too is just there's nothing like it and and a band that you know I've just missed somehow over the years seeing them live and finally getting uh finally getting to see them was was incredible and and they sounded so good and it just it filled my soul to see them and sing along uh to those songs that I've loved for so long and I'm tempted to put Elliot third, but for the sake of keeping it a little interesting and, and keeping it new, I'm going to throw Jug Church on there for my third uh, favorite of the fest. I said before that their their record Hygiene, it's my favorite record of the year. Uh, so much, it's got hardcore energy, but they're not a hardcore band, but but they, you know, they come from that scene and they they're doing something different and there's so much energy live and, and Patrick, the singer, has been in uh, other bands uh, most notably self-defense family, but drug church, just, they've been a band for a while, but I really think they've hit it with this new record and the live show is incredible. And, and just, yeah, the energy you can feel and, and just, I love when bands take a genre that's, that's, you know, 40 plus years old and, and can do something new with it. And I think they're, they're, they're one of the best at, you know, sort of just breaking down the, the norms of, of hardcore. So, uh, drug church would be my number three. Awesome. There you go. So you have a full fest recap and our top three. So let's talk about some positives 
and negatives of the fest. Now, there are many positives. It's one of it's the most diverse fest lineup you'll get if you're into the type of music we are into. I don't think any lineup out there beats it unless I don't know, you go to one of those crazy fests in Europe or like everybody plays or uh I'm not doing that because I don't like to travel. Um so it's my favorite fest I've been to. I think the lineup is great. I think it's very well organized. You know, there was no lines at food trucks this year. I don't know what changed if they just had more vendors or what, but I didn't really wait in line for anything. I had easy access to water the whole time. Uh, yeah, so there's my positives. Criticisms, um, this isn't necessarily the fault of the fest, but this is stuff I experienced. The v- line for VIP to get in was so long. I think it was like a two-hour line just to check in for VIP. The line for VIP was longer than the line for general admission. How does that happen? I did not feel very important, Naz. But listen, that's just me complaining. And I didn't take my own Furnace Fest advice and bring sunscreen. So I, my forehead got sunburned waiting to go into the fest on the first day. And then the, I didn't understand. I thought VIP included food. And someone and Vadim sent me a picture saying, hey, here's the times and days you get your meals. And then I would go into the tent the first day. And there was food out and I ate it and no one said anything. But then the second day, they're like, oh, you need this color wristband. And I was like, well, but I and they're like, no, you can't eat it. And then I came back later and no one was there and the food was just sitting there. And I was like, can I eat it now? And they're like, no, you need the wristband. And I was like, what if I just ate it and you didn't say anything? (laughs) The guy was like, no. Look, this is just me asking for a handout. I realized that I don't know. I don't know what this extra shit you had to buy is to on top of VIP to get the meals. I guess I missed that. I'm not going to pin that on the fest necessarily. And uh, I think VIP was worth it, though. One to have access to that big tent where there's shade and sometimes seats, and there was cleaner bathrooms if you had VIP. So I think that was worth it. Oh, plus you get the VIP access. Oh, that's one more thing. The shed stage when it's full. It's impossible to see the band. You can't get in through the VIP area and you can't really see in the back. So uh, that's not the fault of the fest again. So I'm just saying if you're going to see a band in the shed stage, get there early or like cram through the line in the VIP section. And you can like kind of see it from the back. Uh, but otherwise, great time. Great time. So Vadim, give us your positives and negatives. Well, you know, there's so many positive things to say. I feel like people want to nitpick negative so you get more of that. But, you know, for the for the positives, like I'll just say it's, you know, it's organized. They have water refill stations. There's definitely enough uh, porta potties like you never have to wait for a long time to use the bathroom, which is the case for a lot of other festivals. You know, overall, I think the organizers do a really good job. Like it's, it's a lot of work and it's very difficult to put together a music festival and to have it run smooth. I mean, you're always going to have little things that go wrong here and there, you know, like they could not have predicted that everybody from VIP would have showed up on the same time on Friday. And it took that long for them to get in. You know, people were complaining that it took VIP longer than the regular general admission to come in on Friday, but that's not really like the organizer's fault. You know, it's just, it's just that happens. It's just, there's lines to get into big events. So things like that, people are going to nitpick and it's just like you can only do so much but i mean my biggest criticism i guess would would be about vegan food and that's again it's because the we're in birmingham alabama you know i can't really expect too too much but 
Naz and I both went to a festival in, in LA in May called Cruel World Festival. And as far as like vegetarian and vegan options for the food vendors, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, it was literally like, I think the majority of the vendors were vegan as opposed to in Birmingham, there was that one, there was that like, thank you, Morrissey, the the (laughs) Satan, yeah, the Satanists or whatever, which by the way, was not good. I'm sorry to say (laughs) it was, it wasn't even good. It was, it was a very bland, um, vegan food. And then the other things, the other options were just very limited. So that's, again, that has to do with, with the location, you know, because you got to think there's not even a lot of vegetarian restaurants in Birmingham. There's only a handful. So let alone like food trucks, you know, expecting them to be like, like food trucks and and coming in and these vendors um, to be all there at one place. So, you know, that, that's the one thing is just, I think it makes it really difficult for people with dietary restrictions to, to get like, a good meal, I should say, a good meal. But other than that, I don't really have too many complaints. I think that they overall did a really good job. It was well organized and I know how difficult it could be to put together something like this and I know that they did their best and I know they really care about providing a, an experience for everybody to keep everybody happy and I know that they also take criticism well and they try to improve which is what you want out of people that are putting together a festival, right? Like, I mean, like they, they legitimately will listen to criticism and then try to, to make it better for the following year. I'm glad they didn't decide to do a fourth stage. Cause I know that was a thing they talked about last year, that it was going to be four stages in, in 2022. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. That would have been a major, major mistake. Um, Cause three festivals is already plenty. It's more than enough. And it'll make it even more difficult for people to have options to go from stage to stage. And on top of that, you're cutting down the, the attendance for any of the stages, you know, when you have to split it even more. So yeah, overall, I think they did the right thing with keeping it to three stages. There you go. There you go. And Naz, last but not least, give us your positives and negatives. Well, I agree with you, Keith. This is the best festival I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of festivals, uh, you know, Coachella, lots of warp tours and parking lots where it's 120 degrees and nobody wants that, especially at our age. I think the grounds of Furnace Fest are beautiful. The grass, the fountains, you know, it's just a, it's an amazing place to see a festival. The weather's always been great the last two years, at least, you know, it's a little warm during the day, but it, it cools down. It's also the most well-run fest as far as the bands, uh, I think a, the last year, I don't remember any bands starting late or ending late. It, it was so everyone's on time. There was a slight one of the days, I think the day that quicksand played the main stage, there was some delay there, but for the most part, the bands are on time. The place is clean. It's easy to get water. Uh, you know, I'll play the good cop to the Vadim's bad cop about, you know, the vegan food there. I wish there was more. Uh, but you know, your local Satanist, a fully vegan place, a little pricey, not, not the most amount of food. Their brownies are delicious, but I, I'm thankful they were there. I think it was their first show they've ever done first, you know, event. So I thought they did a great job. I appreciate them for being there. And, um, yeah, incredible fest, incredible lineup. It's run well. I also love the, the I believe after the fest, the organizers went into the Facebook group and said, all right, here's, here is your moment to tell us what you didn't like. 
And, you know, people complained. People said what they didn't like. A lot of VIP stuff, to your point, Keith, there was a, there were a lot of issues with the VIP. People were confused as to what they got, what they didn't get, where they could go, where they couldn't go. I thought we got food, you know, those sorts of things. And, and, and they, they're really responsive to that. Uh, I've, I've heard people giving criticism to them in person and, and they're always listening. They're always trying to make it a better fest. And I think that's the key to success there is there's always going to be issues. It's an, I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is to put on a fest of this size and they do a great job. And I, I think their willingness to listen to criticism is probably, you know, their great, greatest strength and, and why uh, the festival is run so well. Absolutely. Like they had an email out the second day to address the VIP food confusion and the VIP check-in and everything else. So they listen, they improve, they're responsive, and I really respect them for that. And overall, I think it's a great fest. So the burning question is, Naz, will you return next year? I would love to. It's a long trek from Los Angeles. So I've got you know, it's a two-day fest next year with one show in the shed uh, on Friday. So it, it really just depends on the bands. I mean, I, I was waiting to see, you know, it, it's really tempting to buy those early bird tickets. But, you know, as I said, there's people that like a completely different style of music than I do that, that can go to Furnace Fest and have a wonderful time seeing completely different bands than I do. Um, but it depends on what bands they can pull out of their hat for next year to see if I fly to Birmingham and do the Airbnb and buy the tickets. And, you know, it's two days, which is a little, you know, it, it is easier on the old, on the body, but, you know, it does make it a little less uh, worth it to, to fly to Birmingham for two days. So, you know, it's going to depend on the lineup for me. And the big question, Vadim, will you return next year? I'm not sure yet because there's some talks of uh, shows for, from bands that I, I play in, have played in, and mm. currently play in for, for summertime. So uh, it's still kind of up in the air about next summer, I can't say. Yeah, I won't go next year. I won't. And it, it has nothing to do with the fest. It has to do with me being old and tired and not wanting to leave the house. And look, I did it two years. I, I just don't want to do it again. Uh, there was one reunion that will get me to go, Vadim, and I think you know who I'm talking about. So if that happens... I would go. Otherwise, I'm not going. All right. So that's it. There you go. There's our bonus Furnace Fest 2022 recap episode. I want to thank you, Vadim, once again for being on the panel. This was great. And Naz, I want to thank you for this first time visit to the show and the panel. It was uh, great having you here. Thank you so much. Yes. And that's it for this one. We're out of time, but don't fret. I'm back in a few short days. We've got a brand new episode and a brand new guest again this coming Monday. So thanks everybody for listening and until next time.